let's just be honest here. Anyone watching the live stream can tell that I am a six foot three plus white male American and consequently my point of view is colored by those attributes. However, based on my experience, and again, not all women, not all men, but some people have trouble with even wrapping their brains around the idea of I have to juggle technology, I have to juggle scheduling of guests, how do I even identify guests? What is this podcast hosting thing I hear so much about? Is a podcast host a person or a website? If I, if I do it, how do I get on Apple Podcasts? Because I would like to be right next to, you know, NPR or CBC Podcasts. How do I get on Apple Podcasts? I don't know where to start. Help me, please. There are a lot of questions. And people like me, again, six foot three white Americans are like, I'll figure this out myself. And I'll figure it out with a chainsaw in my hand. Other people might go, you know what? I prefer to have someone guide me, to help me, to, to at least stop me from stepping on the landmines that could cost time, money, aggravation, and emotional trauma. You have pointed out via your website that you are, well, let me, let me read it. Shall I? Okay. okay. My goal is to empower women and women-led organizations to make an impact with their vision, message, and stories through the power of their natural voice by podcasting. The world needs diverse voices, and I'm so glad you are a part of this audio adventure. One, good on you for niching down. You eliminated an entire gender uh, or sex of, human, of the human race, but that actually serves you well because uh, I'm guessing the people you can best serve are a little bit more like you or that you are certainly understanding where they're coming from. Why did you overtly decide that women were the people that you were going to focus on in terms of getting them into the podcasting world? Yeah, it starts back with my radio background. When I worked in radio, producing commercials and the small business owners would come in. This doesn't happen all the time, but there were a couple clients that really stuck out. It's the women who were just really unsure behind the mic. Sometimes they'd walk into the studio and they're like, all right, why am I here? And I'm like, nobody told you why you're here? Okay, here's your script. Let's go through it. And they're like, oh, I'm here to read a commercial. Okay. And they start tightening up their voice and they don't know how to speak anymore because they're so nervous and they just kind of ramble on, on the script. And so it was my job to really calm them down, try and get them to relax so that they can still be themselves and have them speak to me because I was their listener and it was somebody that they could relate to. And I found working with more women just really really fed my soul because there were a couple instances and again only a very few times this happened but there would be some men small business owners who would come in and they're like yeah I got this I'm gonna read the script okay here we go and they start screaming into the microphone and they're reading their script and they're like all right that's a tape and I'm like no actually let's try that again but I don't know if it was because I'm a woman I am Chinese. 
I am what? I don't know. But they did not take my direction very well. They wanted it their way and they didn't want to listen to me. And so those two moments really stuck out to me when I started my podcast production company. So I was downsized from the radio career in 2018. And when I realized I wanted to stay working in the audio industry, what could I do? Podcasting seemed like a natural fit since I listened to so many podcasts. And when I decided to go down this rabbit hole and realized this was actually a need, people needed my help producing a podcast. Well, I got to figure out like, who do I want to work with? And thinking back to my time in radio, that kind of solidified it. I just really wanted to support the people who were uncomfortable behind the microphone and that they wanted to create a really great sounding product to represent who they are, truly who they are. Because again, like I said, when sometimes people get behind the mic, they get all squidgy almost. And they're like, oh, what is this thing in front of me? And so I want to help them empower themselves to be able to speak confidently behind the microphone. And yeah, I put on my website, it's for women, but really it's anyone who wants to be comfortable behind the microphone and would like to learn more about empowering their own voice. You know, you did what a lot of people don't do and even some brands don't do. And that is identify the perfect or the avatar audience member that you want to talk to or the client that you definitely want to bring in, the ones that you can best serve based on who you are, what you do and how you do it based on your experience. And you happily said, you know what? I don't need Mr. One Take caffeinated guy who belittles me and makes me feel like garbage. I don't need some other person who may have a similar demeanor or a type A personality. I need people who will come to me with open hands, open arms, open hearts, open minds so that I can help them my way, which may not be the way other people need. Because here's the thing, when you're a personal brand and a small business, you tend to want to serve everybody all the time, everything, because you need money coming in. That's a mistake. Because you're lavishing your attention, your time, your bandwidth, and your blood, sweat, and tears sometimes on people who don't want that level of attention or don't deserve it. And you're denying it perhaps on the best people that would fit exactly who you are and what you want to do. So everything I heard you say, none of it had to do with, well, you know, I identified the sector that has the most money, uh, yeah. you know, disposable income. Uh, you, yeah. you didn't do any of that financial garbage, which, you know, it's not garbage. Let's face it, a business model should have a direct line of sight to an actual paying customer. But that wasn't your primary goal. It was to serve people that you could best serve based on who you are, what you do, and how you do it. Honestly, I just want to have fun. Like, radio was fun. Podcasting should be fun. So why am I going to start a business to work for myself and not have any fun with some people that might not jive with who I am? So obviously starting out a business for the first time, it was like, okay, I'll take whoever wants to pay me money. Yeah. But very quickly I realized it was, oh my gosh, this is almost like traumatizing. I'm living my past from my radio days of these bad clients. I don't want these bad clients again. And that's when I was like, nope, 
I got to switch. I have to go with my gut and I have to go with my intuition on this because I want to have fun. That was kind of the main goal. <laughs> and I'm sure by right aligning yourself with the right people, you can serve them better, which turns them into an unpaid sales force for you via personal recommendations and referrals and e-invitations that I, hey, I want to email introduce you. You guys, I yeah. think would hit it off great. Have How many of those referrals have you gotten? Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful part of where I am in my business now. It's like, I don't have to go out and, you know, quote unquote, sell, sell, sell anymore because people realize who I am. They've heard me speak multiple times. I have my own podcast. It's kind of like they do their Google search on me and they're stalking me and I don't have to do anything. It's already all there and they know who I am based on, again, my voice. You know, they know who I am. When they get on that discovery call, they're like, oh, it's you. Yeah, you sound just like who you are on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, exactly, because that is who I am. And I want to work with you if you want to work with me and you like how I sound. Yeah, that is so key right there. When someone says, you sound exactly like you do on your podcast when they meet you in person or over the phone or over Zoom, you know you've got a personal brand that's working. Because, well, one of the things that I, I write about in my book, Nonfiction Brand, is a podcaster that I follow, Scott Galloway, who is a professor of marketing at NYU's Stern School of Business. He's also on the Pivot podcast with Kara Swisher of the New York Times, and he's also got his Prof G podcast. He's, um, he's an acquired taste for some people. For me, love him. Have followed him for probably seven years. And he once said on one of the Pivot podcasts that when he meets people in person for the first time, if they come up with a question and kind of an earnest look on their face, they've seen him speak. When they kind of wave at him and go, Prof T, whatever, they've uh, seen his videos. But when they come up and act like you're their friend, they've listened to his podcast. Mm -hmm. Because without getting ooey-gooey gross, you are literally inside someone's head with your voice for the however many times they listen to you. If you've got a fan who's listened to every podcast you've ever done, in my case, this will probably be in the 190 episodes somewhere in there when this finally comes out. That's 190 dates I've had with someone that I've never met. Yep. And it's amazing the intimacy and what you, you alluded to it last week, the authenticity that you've been able to demonstrate with your voice. And again, one of the things I love about Mary Chan is the name of her flipping podcast, The Podcaster's Guide to, you tell me what the name is, I'm going to butcher it. You had it right. You had it right. The Podcaster's Guide to a Visible Voice to a visible voice. Ah. So much of what I do with the nonfiction brand podcast is encourage people to own the only thing that is truly theirs, that is 100% theirs and 100% unique, and that is their voice, their experience, their expertise. And their voice is the way you share those things. You have to own your voice. And now you're telling me that you can make that voice visible via a podcast? I think that's a really interesting coinage of an idea and a name that really pays off because I truly believe in the idea that a podcast is your voice made visible. And not only in the form of uh, a podcast that you hear, but guess what? Every 
recording you do can be transcribed and turned into HTML text that you put on your website that is then immediately crawlable by Google and other search engines, which can help with instantly help you with your SEO. You are demonstrating your expertise in areas. Guess what? The web crawlers figure that out and you rank better because you're constantly talking about similar subjects. I mean, the voice amplification possibilities of having a podcast are obvious to me, to you, but maybe not to all of your clients, especially those who have never even considered getting in front of a mic a possibility for them because they're a little shy or a little bit timid or a little bit stingy, if you will, with their voice. Yeah. I've had people who come to me and they're like, I like the idea of starting a podcast, but is it really right for me? Should everyone have one? And okay, honestly, not everyone should have a podcast. You know, there are some situations where that might not be your best medium. However, for most people, podcasting is such a great way to connect with other people on a human emotional level. And so I, you know, go into what is one thing that you can talk about all the time, constantly, that you'll never get bored of. That kind of right there is your podcast. If you can figure out what that is, then you should be having too much trouble with everything else. Because like on your show, wow, you know, 30 minutes every week with someone for over 190, you said like, that's a lot of stuff to talk about. And you don't get tired of it. Clearly, you are very passionate about the subject of branding, personal branding. Absolutely. So, you know, yeah. yeah. And was that one of the things that you decided when you launched your podcast? What was the one thing that you could not stop talking about, right? Yeah. Because I'll be honest, the whole nonfiction brand idea came about because, as you can see, you look at my face, I've got this nice uh, salt and pepper beard that is a whole lot more salt than pepper. And uh, consequently, later on in my career, when downturns happen, or in my case, agencies merge, and all of a sudden they're trying to reconcile who stays in and who gets out, you reach the age that I call your X years. You're excellent. You're an expert, you're experienced, you're expensive, and therefore ah. expendable. And thankfully, I so far avoided the last ex, which is ex-spouse. I've been married 25 years, and she evidently hasn't wised up yet, so knock on wood, I hope she doesn't. There's always a yet, right? <laughs> well, and yeah, well, put it this way, the fact that I'm aware of yet, that's still in my head. I think we're going to be okay because I, yeah. you never take the person you love for granted. Anyway, we're, I, I don't want to go down that path. This is not a marriage therapy a podcast, Sorry. although it should be sometimes. <laughs> but it, the whole point is when you reach your X years like me, you've probably spent your entire career working more or less anonymously. Now, the people oh, who yeah. work directly with you know who you are, what you do and how you do it, what you're good at, why they should deal with you, what value you bring. But the greater world, and by greater, I mean people in your industry who have never heard of you and should know your name because you're really good at what you do, but you haven't bothered to share your voice and your experience through something like a podcast. This is why I get so passionate about this. If you are not building your personal brand right now, you are a commodity. 
And what are commodities bought for? The lowest possible price. And what do brands command? A premium price because people understand their value. Love that. Listeners to this podcast have heard these stories ad nauseum. I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about you. Let me ask you this question because I've always been curious. I see not all, and again, not all women, but there are many podcasts featuring women that have a duo. My favorite murder, two women talking about their yeah. favorite murders and, you know, cooking shows. It's a, it's a duo, sometimes a trio. Meanwhile, on the other side of the fence, there are a lot of men who are like, no, I'll have a solo show and I'll have people on and I'll talk to them and, and all that stuff. Is there a, a recommendation or a reason that you see that uh, so many people feel more comfortable having a co-host? I mean, what's your thinking about co-hosts? I like them as long as there is energy and they gel well together. Again, I got to go back to my radio days. You know, sometimes there'd be morning shows where they were put together, forced together because of, you know, management or whatnot. And they didn't always work out and you could hear it. And so I would apply that same thing on your podcast. You know, if you guys are friends already, that's great. But sometimes do you have that chemistry on the air when you are behind the microphone? And I find a lot of women like the co-host because they don't like to go things alone. They like to be in community with other people. They like to share their thoughts with their friends. You know, you can even take this way back into the, the Middle Ages, the Dark Ages. You know, women were never allowed to speak. We were not allowed to talk. The men were in power, and so they did all the talking. All the women were allowed to do were to talk with each other. And so over the generations, I feel like that still is kind of true. And that's where we get into the women gab fest and those types of stereotypes because women are so in tuned and gravitate towards other women to share in that voice. And so I don't think co-hosts or, you know, three hosts, the good or bad thing. Again, I'm going to go back to who is your ideal listener and what is the benefit that the listener gets out of when they listen to the both of them as the co-host versus one? Yeah, that's a really good point. There's some really good promotional reasons to have more people involved because my network plus your network is when it comes to booking guests, we have more possibilities. When it comes to getting the word out, we have more possibilities. When it comes to sharing workload, like... Uh, you do the show notes and I'll make sure the audio is cut. All of a sudden, that takes a lot of, it spreads the weight. So there's a lot of value there. And I think that's a, a really good thing for people to think about, not just women, but all people. Is there a benefit in having a co-host or are you like me? I don't feel I can count on someone to do the job the way it needs to be done as much as I can, as I want. It's the bar that I set. And consequently, and this is based on a lot of past experience, and I just want you to know this, that I've come to depend on myself because, I, I, okay, remember back in high school when someone said, hey, let's have a band? I'd be the one who goes out and buy the equipment <laughs> and be there for every rehearsal, even the ones where no one else shows up, because it's like, but I'm the, we said we were going to have a band. And then we never do. So this, again, is not a therapy session. Scorn. So scorn. But 
it does come back to understanding who you are as a person. Do you feel you could have an hour-long conversation with someone or whatever the time period you choose to do is? Do you feel like you've got the confidence in front of the mic and not only there, but in, in email conversations with potential guests? And the, do you have the gumption and wherewithal to do all the stuff that's necessary? Because I'm sure you've, you've mentioned the fact that you have a team. I don't. I'm a one-man show. I wonder why that is. I think I explained that just five minutes ago. Oh, yeah. I am a one-man show, so I know every position in the car or on the bus. And that's great because I can do them all. But other people aren't going to want to do them all. So you really have to understand who you are, what your level of commitment is, and what your level of passion is. Again, I'm a performer. I love being on a mic. I love being on camera. And I love talking to people who have interesting things to say and learning from them. So what are your thoughts when it comes to that, when it comes to defining whether you should be a solo host with guests or a duo or some variation thereof. Yeah. It comes back down to what is the purpose of the podcast? Why do you want to create a podcast in the first place? And then again, ooh, I'm going to be the broken record. Who's your ideal listener? So who are you talking to? Because for example, I have a client who she created her first season with a co-host, but then the co-host didn't have time anymore and she wanted to leave. And so she was stuck with doing it by herself. But the idea of doing it by herself just really overwhelmed her because she didn't feel comfortable and confident behind the mic to drive the interviews by herself. And it was an interview style show. And so she looked for a friend to be that co-host because she needed that confidence piece with someone by her side. And so her passion really is to bring these stories alive, but it, she didn't necessarily need to do it with herself and her own voice. She wanted a companion. And then also I have another client who really wanted to go the co-host route because she wanted it more to drive conversation about women empowerment and not to be that extension of her business brand. So what I mean by that is that it's the podcast is not about her business and what she does directly. It's more of an indirect route. And so what she wanted to do was just to be the sidekick. So like on TV and radio, you usually have the main host and then you got the sidekick. She just wanted to be a sidekick and to have a podcast, but she wasn't sure about doing all the work. And so she got her friend who ended up being the main host and did all the technical stuff. And then she did what she thought would be like the fun stuff, which is the email and the marketing and that sort of thing. So it really depends on what you were saying too about that passion. What is your passion that A, maybe you can talk about forever, but that you want to do as well? Well, and it all comes back to having a truly strategic view of who you are, what you want your podcast to actually do, and who that listener is. So that's where I get to plug you a little bit and say, go to organizedsound.ca. Let me say that again organizedsound.ca and on that homepage you'll not only see Mary's face but you'll also see a big purple box that says complimentary 30-minute strategy session. It's time to get your time back so let's schedule a complimentary 30-minute strategy session. 
How about that? Experience what others are saying by contacting me today, etc. Anyway, check it out. I think it's probably well worth that 30-minute conversation because you will meet the lovely and talented Mary Chan just like I have right now. You mentioned last week that you had an ideal listener worksheet. And again, that was available at organizedsound.ca slash ideal listener. All one word, lowercase. So check that out. But there's also another one that you, I think, want to invite people to download. Can you tell us about your, what's it called? The Five Keys Worksheet. Yeah, the Five Keys Worksheet is something that I send when people are a little bit uncomfortable behind the mic. So I do voice coaching as well for podcasters. So that's getting them to realize and have that awareness of what their voice can do whether that is speaking a little faster, slower, higher pitch, lower pitch, having melody in your voice is how you can really connect with your listeners and that emotional connection that I keep talking about. So if you go to get my five keys worksheet, that'll give you some quick pointers on how to really amplify your voice and thus making your voice more visible. And the Visible Voice podcast is what she's all about. And again, the full official title of Mary Chan's podcast is The Podcaster's Guide to a Visible Voice. Check that out wherever you get find podcasts for free, just like where you get the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. Speaking of the Nonfiction Brand Podcast, listeners, can you do me a real solid? I would love for you to like, subscribe, refer, and review this podcast wherever you get find podcasts for free, because that really does help other people find it. Also, if you would like to download some free worksheets from me to you for absolute free, go to nonfictionbrand.com gift. You'll be able to download three downloadable PDFs that will get you started on your personal nonfiction brand journey. I want to thank you again, Mary, for being on the Nonfiction Brand Podcast. What a treat. It's great to talk to one of our neighbors from the north. In this case, Mary's from Victoria, British Columbia. I've had the opportunity to sit at the harbor and enjoy the float planes come flying in. So if you want a tip, a pro tip to anyone who likes the Pacific Northwest, go to Port Angeles, Washington and take the ferry across to Victoria. The coho. You will not be disappointed. I am, of course, your host, D.P. Knuton, and she is... Mary Chan. And I'll be talking at you again next week. Bye-bye.